Oh, Brett Maher. Right. All right. Welcome, everybody. This is Talk to Wild Podcast. We're your host, Ken and Derek. All right. Let's get started. Monday Night Football just ended. The final game of Wild Card Weekend. Cowboys destroy the Bucks 31-14 in a pretty non-competitive game. It was, uh, it was, yeah, it was pretty bad. I mean, that's a, that's typical eight and nine shit. You know, the Bucks were eight and nine. It's not like anybody really had them as a Super Bowl contender. You know, but records were broken that night. They, I mean, they were broken tonight. Four missed extra points in a row. Who the fuck's gonna top that? Yeah, that that was that was pretty bad. I'm yeah, I'm pretty sure Dallas is gonna be looking for a kicker. Uh, you know, before they go to Santa Clara to see not the Niners. But whew, yeah, he he looked terrible, and you can you can see it in his face. He was just like. Fuck, I am going to be unemployed after tonight. Hell yeah. You know, it, I mean, it, it was pretty bad, but it was legendary. I mean, I don't think we're ever going to see that again because we had never seen three extra points in a row missed. And so four of them, that shit's fucking crazy. That I don't think we'll ever see that. I mean, who knows? Maybe it'll get top one day, but that was pretty impressive. Yeah, I guess that's one way to put it. And then you had Vanderesh out there looking like he was doing his best uh, Bill Romanowski impression with the uh, the neck brace in the go. back. See, here you go. So, <laughs> I'm just See? saying, you know, that's that old school look, look. And I was like, damn, what's that, Teddy Rischke out there? Shit. See, talking it's about it. neck injuries, talking about he. Talking about Russell Gage. But no, we get <laughs> I see. Here we go. <laughs> nah, he's straight. We we can go ahead and confirm he's straight. There's no need for a neutral site game. But um, you know, after those four <laughs> those four missed kicks, you know, uh, motherfuckers were mic'd up. You already know motherfuckers were mic'd up and uh you know, the kicker was by himself. You know, they interviewed the coach, like, you know, and, and in a nutshell, you can hear the interviewer. You know, the mic picked up the interviewer saying, hey, are, are you still cool? And, uh, and you know, this is, this is what the coach had to say. And this is a special teams coach. So, you know, it, it cuts deep. Are you guys cool? Fuck no. For those of you that couldn't hear it that well, because the intern's fucking up over here. <laughs> <laughs> In a nutshell, that's fucking Brett Maher's night. Player of the game. <laughs> yeah. You know it's pretty bad when after you score a touchdown and miss the point after your QB slams his helmet on the bench or on the ground a couple times because of you. Not because, you know, it was blocked or because he threw a pick or anything like that. No, because you missed yet another extra point. Actually, at that point, when they showed Dak, it was the third one in a row. So, yeah, yeah it's pretty crazy. And, yeah, the Cowboys earned a spot to see the Niners in the, the divisional round. And holy shit. As a, you know, you're a Dallas fan, I'm a Niner fan, so things are going to get interesting. Well, I mean, shit's uh, interesting for the 49ers because, I mean, you think it's pretty much the NFC East in the playoffs right now. It's the NFC East and the Niners. That's it. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it goes to show how lopsided the NFC was this season um, because, yeah, either way, the Niners are going to face the NFC East two weeks in a row. Yeah, yeah, it is pretty crazy. So I, I definitely see them Niners beat the Cowboys, and then they're probably going to have to beat the Giants. So, yeah, that's going to be the pretty – The Giants. <laughs> hey, you know what? You you thought – you did think that 
that the Vikings were going to destroy the Giants. Yeah. You this got the Giants beating the Eagles? Did you see how the Eagles played against their fucking second <laughs> string? Oh, shit. Holy shit. Did That's you see the hot that? take. The hot take of the night. Oh, so, shit. So that brings us to the next game. It's the Giants uh, against Minnesota. Yeah, it was it was a good game. A lot of the games um, this weekend were good. I think the only two blowouts were the Dal- Dallas against the Tampa Bay and Niners against Seahawks. But, yeah, the Giants against the Vikings turned out to be a very good game. Came down to, to the very end where Kirk Cousins had a chance to um, one for it on fourth down. I think they were like th- uh, four and eight. He threw it to Hawkinson, and he just couldn't get past that first guy. And, you know, I, I made a comment about it earlier on uh, Instagram that, yeah, you guys can blame Kirk all you want, but, I mean, they lost that shit as a team. I mean, that shit, they shouldn't have been put in that position in the first fucking place. But I'm glad yeah. they won because shit. I, I did make some gutsy calls on um on the betting, and it turned out very good for me this weekend. Yeah, they. I mean, the defense of the Vikings was terrible. The fact that they were even able to make the playoffs with that type of defense is a feat in itself. So I, I wasn't necessarily expecting. My, I don't think anybody really was. Um, but. I thought they would make it through the Giants, but I guess the defense failed to show up again. So, either way, the Vikings weren't going to make it past the divisional round anyway. So, it, at, at some point, that lack of defense was going to catch up to them. Yeah, and then <laughs> if you actually look at the stats, they even tried to get Justin Jefferson to throw a pass. And he had up. <laughs> He completed it, but it was for negative two yards. But yeah, yeah it was. I mean, Hawkinson had a had a good game, but I don't know. At a, in a fourth down situation where you absolutely need to get that first down, the least you can do. And I I've done this in Madden. I'm sure you have too. Plenty of times where you have to get a certain amount of yards, and you're not kicking it away or, or kicking a field goal. You hit that smart play, so all your all your receivers go at least to where they need to be to get that first down. So when they catch it, they can either roll forward or do whatever, fight for it. And yeah, it was just—I think that was just bad play design. Fucking, I don't know. It was just—it was just fucking terrible. But yeah, I, I didn't see the the Vikings making it. Past, past the Giants, especially if you saw how they played each other earlier in the season a few weeks ago. Yeah, they would they win by three points. So. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it was a it, it was a close game. You know, when the Giants decided to play their starters, unlike the last week where they sat them all, and we'll see if that if that pays off for them or not. You know, because if they would have beaten the if they would have beat the Eagles in that last week, they'd be playing the Eagles now or the they'd be playing the Niners now instead of the Eagles. So I guess I guess we'll see if it if it paid off for them resting their starters. I doubt it. The Eagles are going to run through the Giants if we're being honest about it. I mean, they're another one of those teams that are in the playoffs just because you need teams in the playoffs. I don't think anybody actually feels like the Giants are going to win the Super Bowl. No, I don't think they're going to win the Super Bowl, but I, I do I, – I don't know. I wouldn't say that, that Philly's going to run right through them. I definitely don't see that, that happening. If it's anything like the last time they played, and like I said, Philly played them, and they could barely beat the fucking st- uh, second string, second and third string. So we'll see how it is when – you know, like I like I mentioned before, what with Kayvon Thibodeau, he was a big part of this game. So, yeah, I don't know. It's it's kind of a toss up. You can never sleep on these these teams that kind of just scoot in into the playoffs. But hey, it, it was uh, it was pretty close. Now, 
Another game, I'd say probably one of the best games of this weekend, if not the best game of the weekend, was the Chargers and Jaguars. That game, it was just, it was crazy. Fucking Trevor Lawrence, there was, what, four picks in the first first half? I mean, the fix was in. Like, like we can we can talk about a great comeback, this and that, but the fix was in. I I mean, I feel like there's certain times where you're like, damn, this shit is leaning in one direction. And there was a point in that game where I was like, shit, I think the NFL wants the Jaguars to win. They were letting motherfuckers get away with false starts. They were letting they were letting the Jaguars get away with all kinds of shit. So I think that was I think that was one of those where they called it in, but it was a good game. You know, not taking anything away from the Chargers. They just coach differently. I don't understand why when teams get into the playoffs, all of a sudden their game plan and what got them there is not what they do. If going for it on fourth down every time got you there, why the fuck would you break out your kicker in the playoffs? Go for it on fourth down. Like, your kicker's not built for field goals. Go for that shit. And they didn't do it, and it bit them in the ass. Yeah. And I don't know. You can say that the Jags got away with uh, everything, maybe in the second half. Because I know the Chargers were getting a lot of hits on Trevor Lawrence in the pocket in that first half. And it was kind of, I was kind of surprised to see Joey Bosa out there. I thought he would be out for the game, but – you know, he was a difference maker in the first half for the most part. You saw him on that first play with uh, where he tipped the ball and it was picked off, uh, where Trevor Lawrence was picked off on that first play. And, yeah, like, damn, four interceptions in that first half. I think it was like first quarter. It was like back-to-back-to-back drives. Yeah. It was fucking crazy. But, I don't know, I, I still didn't give up hope because I was like, fuck, man, do not fuck my parlay up. And, yeah, they they came through. Thank God they came yeah. through. I mean, the Chargers are one of those teams, though, where you got to think. I mean, I understand the coach has had success there. This is, what, his second year. He barely missed the playoffs the first year. They make the playoffs the second year. But blowing a lead like that is, I don't know. I know he's not on the hot seat, but should he be on the hot seat? I mean, that was a big fucking lead to just blow like that to the fucking Jaguars. Yeah, that's mm, that's that's embarrassing. Like, even Matt Ryan was like, damn. Like, that shit. Right. It's not like it was Thomas. It's not, it wasn't Thomas Brady that did it. It was fucking Trevor Lawrence. Like, this is the second year. That shit should not have happened. In that way, and I don't know, it makes you, it makes you wonder. Like, should they have ran the ball more? Should they have been more aggressive in the second half? And oh, is it the coach's fault? The they definitely should have ran the ball more. The fuck, like Austin Eckler ended the game with thirty-five fucking yards. Right, because you, if you look at, like, for instance, if you take tonight's game with the Cowboys, there was a point in that game where it was, all right, well, we're just going to run the fucking ball and run the clock out. You know, a team has to be able to flip that switch and say, okay, there's a four-score lead or three-score lead. It's the second half. It's time to just take the air out the ball. And for some reason, the Chargers were just not able to do that. So, I don't know. That should be their priority in the offseason is finding a way to get the running game going because as great as Herbert is, he doesn't have a true, like a true wide receiver one yet. Um, because, I mean, I wouldn't necessarily consider Keenan Allen that, and Mike Williams can't stay on the field. So, I don't know. They they have work to do on the offense, and, of course, that defense let them down for sure. That, that defense let them down big time. Yeah, that was – yeah, that was pretty – that's a definitely not a good way to, to go out. I mean, they were – they had Chargers players already celebrating in the first half like they already won the fucking game. Like, yeah. that's that's why there's a first and second half. Make adjustments, 
and then go from there. And apparently their adjustments didn't didn't require running out any clock or making any any no. stops. And you kind of know what kind of quarterback you're going up against. Trevor Lawrence isn't, you know, isn't going to sit back and just, uh, I don't know, kind of sit back and cry when th- when things go wrong. You see, he, he's going to want to want to fight back, but God damn, to fight back like thirty points, <laughs> like that's just <laughs> like that it's... is just fucking crazy. <laughs> and some of those interceptions were crazy. Like some of them were just bad reads. Like just regular fundamental type shit that he was just throwing picks. I'm like, damn, the jitters must be nuts right now. So needless to say, um, the Jaguars, they, yeah, they move on. They play the Chiefs, but let's, let's be honest about that game. <laughs> like, the, the Chiefs are going to destroy them. Like I, they might, it might be close for a little bit, but I definitely got the Chiefs just destroying the Jaguars. Are we gonna see another Chiefs game where they decide to run some fucking off the wall plays because they're bored? I think they might. I feel like the Chiefs are that type of team. They play with their food. They fucking for some reason they like to let teams feel like they can win. And they and they fuck before they beat them, but that that game, which is funny because I I feel like the league I don't know when you look at the schedule for this weekend, it almost looks like the AFC just got faded. Like the league just faded the AFC because none of the primetime games either on Saturday or Sunday are AFC games. <laughs> the AFC has the early game on Saturday and the early game on Sunday as well. And may, maybe I don't know. Maybe it's because they don't they don't feel like the competition is there. But I did find that interesting the way the scheduling worked this this weekend. I mean, they had pretty much uh, aside from tonight, they did have the primetime games this past weekend. They, uh, like Chargers Jags was was Saturday night, and Sunday night was fucking Ravens Bengals. So there's your two AFC games right there. And yeah, so they pushed them to daytime and then allowed the the NFC teams some rest since they you know, they played later. So I guess that that, that does make sense. I guess that does make sense to an extent, but there there's only four games and honestly I do feel like that Bills Bengals game, not to jump ahead, but I do feel like that one should have been a primetime game. Because the fucking the Giants and the Eagles, nobody really gives a shit about that game. Yeah, I mean, we'll see, we'll see. I I'm, I think people are going to be curious about how how the Eagles come out after resting another week. You know, was it Hertz was out for for a couple of weeks and then won one game, barely won against the Giants, and then went right back to to chilling. So. I am I am curious about how that had how that game's actually gonna go having another week of rest. But yeah, another game that happened this past or this weekend was the Bills and Dolphins. Uh, that game was a, a little bit closer than I thought it was gonna be. Was, you got Skylar Thompson starting for Miami and yeah, they actually made it a game, but it was like the they decided, all right, and I noticed this a pattern with how Mike McDaniel, McDaniels runs the offense. You know, you have two pretty good running backs, but you just decide, yeah, fuck running the ball. Let me just take this this rookie quarterback and try to throw down the field every fucking play. So, yeah, fuck that shit. I mean, I think if they had – I do think if they had two, there's a good chance that the Dolphins could have beat them. Like, I, I really do feel like if it wasn't for that CTE and the non-blocking-ass offensive line, I think that the Dolphins had a really good chance against the Bills. It just didn't it didn't play out that way, ultimately. And, I mean, there's only so much you can do with your third-string quarterback. Not everybody has a situation where they can just plug somebody in there and then have success like that. You know, 99% of the time, that shit does not work. Yeah, they definitely had a chance, but I mean, it was like I said, it was the play calling. Like, 
if you watch that game, like there were times where, yeah, it was loud as shit in Buffalo, where you know I'm, I'm sure they were having problems, you know, communicating with each other. But damn, there was several series at a time where it was. I was like, damn, are they gonna fucking hike the ball or what? Like they killed all their timeouts within two drives you because know, they couldn't do anything and they weren't hiking the ball or they didn't get a play proper, you know, in time. Yeah. Well, you know, it actually – that's actually an interesting point is the Bills have home field advantage and the Bills also have home field advantage against the Bengals this weekend. Some might say that that game should be played in a neutral site. I, I don't necessarily so. know why the sympathy only leans towards Buffalo for some reason. The Bengals had momentum in that game before the, you know, before the incident. So I do feel like if the Bengals would have won that game, this game would be in Cincinnati. You know, because they would have the tiebreaker against the the Bills. So I don't know. I think the I think the Bengals kind of got shafted on this shit. Because the league wants the Bills to be in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I can definitely see that. They they definitely did get get the shit out of the stick. Right. And I'm sure the Bengals are going in. But you know, the Bengals did not look good against the Ravens this past week. But they just didn't. They killed them the week before, but then when they played yesterday, it was it did not look good. The Ravens D was getting to, to Joe Burrow damn near every fucking every fucking time. And that motherfucker, he definitely ruined one of my parlays. Fucking Joe Bur- Burrow not being able to pass for like over 250 yards. What the fuck, man? Yeah. And then, but we did see, and you know, you see this with, I, did, I am hearing a little bit from Ravens fans. Oh, man, if Lamar was in there, we would have won that game. J.K. Dobbins even said, if we had Lamar in there, we would have won that game. Like, so you know it's bad. <laughs> when you fucked up. <laughs> yeah, when you got teammates saying, hey, if if, if we had our starting QB in there, we would have won, which is kind of – I mean, I don't think that's necessarily fair to Huntley because, honestly, if he didn't stretch his fucking hand out and fumble the ball like a moron, they still could have won that game. You know, it was when he decided to, instead of going underneath, go over top and got reckless with the football. And then, of course, you know, they ran it back 98 yards. And because the fix was called in, you know, they didn't call the block in the back. But, um, yeah, they still could have won with Huntley. And I and I think some might make the argument that the ownership saw that and said, maybe we don't need Lamar. Maybe we could get a rookie an up-and-coming rookie, you know, maybe from the Texans pick, maybe from the Colts pick, and and we could have won the won the game that way because the defense played really well. So do they do they really need Lamar? They need they definitely need a quarterback. Now Hundley did have some upsides in that game. I do think it was funny that he was kind of protesting, like, oh, no, I was reaching over, and they showed, like, the a different view. He was, like, two yards out. <laughs> <laughs> right, he was like, I got it passed. No, no, the fuck you didn't. <laughs> like, you are, you are nowhere close, dude, nowhere close. But he did, you know, he was taking off running, using his legs more. He was making some passes that he doesn't normally make. And, yeah, maybe they just got, you know, the Bengals just got lucky on that during that game and I mean it's a it's a division game. You see these people three times just like you know the whole situation with with like the the Giants and Eagles seeing each other this you know this coming week. Like you see them three times, you know, a year or this is the third time. So yeah, you know it's gonna be a hard fought game. But damn, I didn't think that they'd fall apart, you know, the Bengals would have fallen apart like that. But I mean that's the way the Bengals are, though. You know, this year they they'll they'll kill it one game and then lay an egg. I mean, granted they they won the game, but still they'll lay an egg in the next game and then kill it the next game. So you know they're they're very inconsistent, which is why I yeah. think 
if if it if someone from the AFC is going to win the Super Bowl this year, I think it's going to be the Chiefs because they've been the most consistent AFC team this year. Yeah, I think I think the Bengals play to the level of the competition a lot of the times. And so I I do think whenever they start like when they play the Bills this weekend, I definitely think they're going to play a lot better and you know, if they beat the Bills and they end up playing the Chiefs again, of course, I think they're going to play a lot better, you know, because they're taking those teams serious. I don't really think they took the Ravens serious because maybe because they did blow them out like they did. And they're like, oh, we're just going to do that shit again. And it didn't necessarily go that way. But uh, either way, that's going to be one of the games to watch this weekend. And um, it's not in a neutral site because the, the league said, fuck you, Cincinnati. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> yeah, and the 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 first game of Wild Card Weekend, Niners and the Seahawks. It was a competitive first half. Seahawks were winning sixteen seventeen. Would have been uh, Niners would have had the lead if Jimmy Ward didn't decide to hit Geno Smith while he was sliding and allow them to get a field goal at the end of the half. But then the Niners decided, fuck this, let's turn it up, and ended up just destroying them in the second half. 2,500 well, 2, points by the starters. Kyle ended up pulling the, the starters out in the fourth quarter, and yeah, pretty much Geno and, and the Seahawks Scored on the second and third string of the uh, of the Niners defense. So and even then, it took them like seven minutes to score. But but yeah, you still see some upside with with the Seahawks for next year. I think there still is a question on on what they're going to do with Geno because I, I know Geno's asking for for a lot of money this year. So that's craziness. <laughs> If he's asking for a lot of money, that's craziness. I think if Gino comes back at a reasonable deal, which they've already started the preliminary discussions, they've already started negotiating. If he comes back at a reasonable deal, then yes. But if he's asking for a lot, fuck that shit. You draft a quarterback and then move forward with a young offensive, a young offensive core. At least that's what I'm thinking. You don't, you necessarily, you don't really want to spend big money on Geno Smith. That shit's insane. Yeah, I agree. I would if he's asking for for more than what he's worth and I I don't know how much he's asking for, but I'm I'm assuming that he's thinking, "Oh, I set these records for for like most completions, all this and that." And you know, for the franchise. And yeah, he's thinking that he he's worth a lot more than I I believe he really is. And one question that that everyone's been asking the whole year was, when where is uh, Geno Smith's ceiling? When are they going to start losing? And you saw that in the second half of the year, where they started fucking losing. So, yeah, for him to want more money, and it's, it's speculation at this point. I know I had heard a story about him asking for more, but yeah, I think if he gets too greedy, they're going to say, hey, you know, we we did away with. Russell Wilson, and he won a ring. Do you really think we, we were worried about pushing you away too? So, I don't know. Yeah, that's true. I, and, I mean, you wonder if, if they do move on from Geno Smith, if, if anybody else will scoop him up. I don't think there's a lot of teams. Maybe there is interest. Who knows? But I don't necessarily think teams are going to be rushing to the phone to get Geno Smith. He had a pretty good year, but it wasn't really anything super impressive. I, I I don't know. There was really nothing that jumped out. I think the the highlight of that offense is Kenneth Walker. You want to make sure that you complement anything that he can do on offense. So you want to add weapons so that teams don't necessarily have to stack the box against you. And you're, you know, you're just praying that Geno can connect with Metcalf or connect with Lockett like you. You want to have a more consistent offense. So I know that they might look defense in the draft, but it might be better if they went the offensive route. 
because at the end of the day, they just were not – that offense was not able to keep up with the 49ers offense. It just was not there. And um, and ultimately, I think that's when they, when they fell apart because, I mean, for the most part, they were – I wouldn't necessarily say they were doing great, you know, keeping Boza off of Geno. But, I mean, they did some things that did work. And so – but then they eventually fell apart. Reality happened. And we all knew it was going to happen. It was either going to be them or the Packers, but we knew one of those two teams was going to was going to get smashed by the Niners. Yeah, I, and you know I've said this before about good teams going against either suspect teams or teams that are still you know working their way up to be good. Is that you know a lot of a lot of teams that are suspect or are working their way up or like the Seahawks who are still very young. You know, they might they might have a good first half, but the good teams are going to make adjustments. And the other one, the, you know, the other side of things is you can't make adjustments fast enough to to fit the adjustments that the good teams are making, or you know, they just decide turn it on and yeah, you can't handle it for you know for that the full sixty minutes. So you see that with the Chiefs. You know, if if a team's staying in there for the first half, they'll come out and fucking turn it up, and next thing you know, teams can't keep up. And it's like, damn, what the fuck happened? So, yeah, that's what happened pretty much with the Niners and Seahawks this time around. I wasn't worried at all. <laughs> you know. <laughs> yeah, it was pretty, it was pretty bad. Um, but hey, it's a, it's an interesting storyline for the Niners going forward because ultimately, yeah, Brock Purdy is putting together. I mean, he's already exceeded any real expectations that anybody had for him. I mean, it's safe to say that he's already went well past what what anyone any GM expected when he got drafted last, but. There's some real defenses here coming down the stretch, and it's going to be very interesting to see how he handles that going forward. Now, it does look like McCaffrey's ready. He looks like he's trying to – he's trying to – you could tell he hasn't been in the playoffs like that. Yeah, there's – I mean, you could tell a lot of the Niners that are that are on the team now, they, they've known – they've felt what it's like to be in the playoffs. They've been in – been the situation before, and like I said last week, Dave uh, Rob Purdy has a really good supporting cast. And if you look at the stats, like from you know their first playoff, Brock's first playoff game, and Dak tonight, they both threw for over three hundred yards. Both both got four TDs. Brock had three um, th- um, passing TDs and one rushing. So. Yeah. Now, I did notice the play column was a little different in the first half for the Niner game. You know, Brock, you could tell he was trying to get that home run ball a little early. It seems like he settled down in the second half, got his jitters out of the way, and then came out fucking swinging the next half, hitting things that are open to him. You know, hitting the um, hitting what the, what the defense is giving him. So... It was good to see him kind of work those bugs out against Seattle, a team that, you know, the Niners have already beat twice now, three times this year. So he got his first playoff win under the, under his belt, which, you know, there's veterans in the, in the league now that can't say that. So, yeah, it's good, good to see. Good to see. Yeah, but it does set up an interesting matchup. It does set up an interesting matchup this weekend because he's not going to have an hour to throw the ball against the Cowboys. It's going to be, I don't know, it's going to be an interesting game. Of course, it's a it's a, re- a repeat, different location from last season. And um, and it is, I don't know, I don't know who the favorite is. I think, I think, I don't know if it's out yet. I'm pretty sure Vegas is going to take the Niners, though, the home team. I mean, if you look at it, he didn't have – it's not like he had an hour against Seattle or, like, against uh, Miami or, or a lot of teams where he can he can roll out. He's not like Jimmy where he'll just stay stay in the pocket or whatever or, you know, very, very slowly go to one side and then, you know, it's pretty predictable. 
he is rolling out. And he would have scored another touchdown if Brian did not equal to uh, drop that ball. But, yeah, he, he is more mobile than people give give him credit for. He just uses his arm more than anything. And uh, there's, there's also, uh, like, underlying playoff or underlying player matchups. You got two of the – top, you know, defensive uh, defensive player of the year candidates in Boza and Parsons. And then you have the Pro Bowl running back in Pollard and the some would say should be Pro Bowl running back in McCaffrey. Yeah. So there's a lot of storylines. <laughs> there's a lot of storylines in this game. Yeah, he definitely got snubbed on that shit. Yeah, we have – Two pretty good defenses going up against each other, two high-flying offenses. So it's going to be a very interesting game. I think it's going to it's going to rival, uh, depending on if the Cowboys stop playing to their opponents, like you saw them a couple times this year. And, you know, the Niners had a kind of a, I don't know, they're notorious for starting out slow. But it's going to rival the, the Bills-Bengals. <laughs> I was just about to say the opposite, that the (laughs) Niners start out fast and then the Cowboys start out slow. Um, At least that's how the last meeting went. So we'll see how this meeting goes uh, if it's it's different. It's definitely definitely different than the last year. So we'll see. We'll definitely see what's going to happen this coming Sunday. But I don't know. I think we got we got a really good showdown coming up against Bills Bengals on the AFC side and Cowboys Niners. I can't fuck yeah. fucking Yeah, so pretty much Saturday's gonna be just blowouts. I mean, unless you have the Jaguars beating the Chiefs, which is nuts, and you know, the Giants beating the Eagles, Saturday's gonna be full of blowouts, and then Sunday is hopefully where you get the good games. But knowing how the league be fixing shit, it might be the opposite. Might be the opposite way. I don't know, man. It's playoff football. It's it's totally different. Now, yeah, I can see the Chiefs blowing out the Jags because, yeah, usually when they get a a pretty dominant lead, they keep it. But like I said, the Giants-Eagles, that is a suspect game. One, it's a division game. And two... I don't know, man. It's they struggled against second string. All right. Yeah. So yeah. Yeah. I, I think now, there is a chance that, that Brian Dable learned a lot from playing playing Jalen Hurts and the Eagles twice this year. I Yeah. Now the now the Bengals aren't back to the Bengals. They did Andrew Whitworth. Uh, they did ask him if he would come back because for some reason, anytime there's any type of offensive line shit, they always got to ask Whitworth if he's going to bring his ass back. You know, they, for some reason that always comes up. And so they did ask him if he was going to come back to play for the Bengals. And I mean, he was mic'd up, of course. Quick clip. He was my. He was mic'd up. <laughs> they, they asked him. They're like, you know, would you want to? Would you want to come back? And this, this is just what he had to say. Think about that for a second. About um, fuck no. Not sure if you can hear that. The fucking interns fucking this shit up today, but in a nutshell, he, he did say he had to think about it, and then another fuck no. I mean, like he got his he got his fucking I don't know. He's not what why? Why right. I just, why right. I just don't think that you know you, you got Whitworth, he's got his, his Amazon Prime fucking Thursday night game with the hoodie blazer combo that he's rocking on Thursdays and shit, talking shit, getting paid to talk shit. Why the fuck would he want to come back? I think they're saying that jokingly. Like, that's no. I think it's I think it's jokingly unless he agrees, and then I'm pretty sure the contract is already drawn up. Look, he 
if you if anyone thinks that like he's in his forties now, I think. Like anyone thinks that since he's been on doing the Thursday night games that he's been working out. Think again. Yeah, he's a big ass dude, but I highly doubt that he's been working out to stay in football form. I highly fucking doubt that. He retired after he got his Super Bowl ring with the Rams, and then he was like, I'm done. And then he stopped working out. So, no, it's that there's no way he can be seriously thinking about coming back. There's no fucking way. There's no yeah, the, yeah, I mean, it would be, I don't know. It'd be a little crazy. I don't think he's coming back. And uh, that, I mean, that brings me to another another person, uh, Jim Harbaugh. Jim Harbaugh recently confirmed that he's going to be coming back to Michigan. I mean, he probably, <laughs> he, he probably looked at them vacancies and was like, oh, fuck this shit. And, and believe it or not, he was also mic'd up. Shit's oh, fucking crazy. Say a word. This shit's fucking crazy. He was mic'd up. And uh and of course, you know, people were asking, hey, you know, are you gonna are you gonna come back? Are you gonna coach? Are you excited about any of these vacancies that are coming up? And and this is just what he had to say. Here we go. Here we go. Another fuck no. That's another fuck no. He saw the fucking Cardinals and the Broncos on there like, fuck you bitches. The Texans, the Colts. He's like, fuck that. I'm staying in Michigan. I'd rather coach these motherfuckers. Well, here's the thing. They would have to pay him a considerable amount for him to want to come back. And he's already making $9 million at Michigan. Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, think no, the money – right? I'm not, I don't think the money would be the problem. I just think he – I don't know. Maybe he looks at it and just remembers the headache that the NFL was. You know, and, and, and maybe college is less stressful. You know, some coaches are able to do it in college, like Saban. But then when they go to the pros, they can't necessarily transition to the pros. So maybe he's just thinking about the stress and was like, man, fuck those rich motherfuckers. Yeah, that could be it too. I mean, I think he is making like $11 million, which puts him, you know, above the middle of the pack as far as, you know, coaches getting paid. But, you know, he kind of runs his own system. And Michigan. And like you said, when you go to the NFL, you got to kind of cater to a whole different, different, you know, echelon of people. So, yeah. Does he really want to deal with all that shit? Or do you really want to go coach for a team that you have these owners who aren't even giving a lot of these coaches that got fired more than one season or a whole full, full season to figure shit out? I get that you're, you know, you, you expect some kind of turnaround in the season, but when a coach is kind of gifted a shit team to begin with, like, it takes time to turn that kind of shit around. And I, di- I didn't mention this before about, like, like the Niners. Obviously, I'm going to mention the Niners because, you know, that's the team I've paid attention to pretty much since I started watching football. Like, they spent drafts multiple drafts building their offensive line and their defense, you know, building their whole offense. It wasn't all first-round picks and all that. But, yeah, that shit takes a lot of time to build up. And, you know, you see these owners like the Texans owner, you know, the uh, Carolina, where they're not giving these coaches really any chance to, you know, to build anything. They they see – all right, well, fans are getting pissed off and people are talking shit, and you know how pissed off fans get. They go, oh, fire the coach. And, yeah, I'm guessing that just gets to their head and they, they decide, oh, let me fire this fucking coach. 
which uh, yeah. kind of brings me up to this this next coach. It's uh, you know, Sean McVay ultimately decided that he's coming back. You know, I guess somebody in his corner was like, "Could be a little bitch." Like you kind of made your bed. You uh, you know, you, nobody put a gun to your head. It, you know, to tell you put it, you know, put all your eggs in one basket for one year to win a ring. Like you knew, you know, the consequences of what you were doing. And yeah, they paid the price by having a completely shit year and missing the playoffs altogether. But yeah, these other teams that are that aren't giving their coaches a chance to to really build anything. Yeah, I mean, would you really want to go to that? I mean, I think it has something to do with the way he was kind of, you know, got the way he got let go again when he was with the Niners. Like this motherfucker would did nothing but good, you know, took him to the Super Bowl and then somehow they just discard him and he's like, you know what, fuck those bitches. Fuck the NFL. <laughs> I'm not trying to go back to that shit where you could just get fired for no fucking reason. Or maybe he likes Michigan. Maybe he likes the fact that that uh, Blake Corum is coming back for his senior year. We can fucking run this. We can actually possibly win a natty. Who knows? Maybe that's the real reason, but I think it has more so to do with the situations and the vacancies. And he's like, nah, fuck that shit. Uh, now, Sean Payton, I do think Sean Payton is going to accept one of these positions. One of these vacancies is going to be for him. Now, which one? I'm not necessarily sure. Yeah, it could definitely be the vacancies because I know several teams have asked to speak to D'Amico Ryans about a head coaching job, and he's pretty much turned all of them down right now. Maybe that's because the Niners are in the playoffs and – you know they have a real chance to win something this year, and he's like, "No, I'm not. I'm focusing on on the team now." But yeah, yeah, that's he's, definitely he's what it is. <laughs> he's turning down a lot of people. I mean, even for the chance to to get interviewed, he's kind of just like, "Yo, fuck <laughs> off. I'm I'm not gonna right. do." That. But still, it's like, you know, it could be the vacancies because I mean, if you look at the teams that that got rid of their head coaches, aside from maybe Carolina, like. You know, you, you, even Carolina, actually, because even the owner in Carolina was like, yeah, we're going to give, what was it, Matt Rule or whatever his name was? We're going to give him, you know, give him time to build his team. And then <laughs> midseason, after the Niners destroy them, decide, nah, fuck you. We're just going to yeah. pay your card out and then let you go. And, you know, other people see that. That shit's in the fucking media. It's not like it's done behind closed doors and – you know, they're coming out with a story going, oh, hey, we parted. Well, you know, it was a mutual thing. No, you decide to fire them after you say you have these people's backs. Like, that just tells everybody else that's that's potentially coming in for a job that, you know, if this is really how this guy operates, then I, I really don't want anything to do with that. And, you know. I mean, I feel like that's kind of the business. That's just the nature of the business. You know, it, it is what it is. I feel like the coaching – Coaching is one of those positions where it happens every year, you know, that coaches come in and out. But I I do think next season D'Amico's 100% coaching a different team. I mean, he he's gaining a lot of interest. And once this run is over um, and he's able to focus on his future, I definitely think he, he takes one of those positions 100%. Because, I mean, it would be crazy to pass it up. It's a, a chance to be a – head coach somewhere and have your own shit. I think he would do it and, and hope, I think he might get first dibs if you think about it, because I know Sean Payton, everybody's talking about Sean Payton and how great of a coach he is. But in all reality, the motherfucker has one Super Bowl. Like, I mean, that that's just really not that impressive. When you look at the grand scheme, you look at the fact that he had drew Brees for a hundred years and they only managed to make that shit happen one time. So at least with a, with a coach like D'Amico, you don't necessarily know what you're getting. Uh, with Sean Payton, you pretty much know what you're getting. You're going to get an offense. Maybe, a, you know, your offense is going to improve. But is that going to translate to actual Super Bowls? There's no guarantee that that will. I mean, it's never a guarantee, and that's why people love football so much. It's not like basketball where you have a super team and they're guaranteed 
almost guaranteed every year you're going to see the same teams. It's usually, you know, this team might win it this year and they might be really fucking good, but there's always going to be some team that can come in there and, and knock them out. So, yeah, regardless, it's, nothing is guaranteed. Yeah, he won one Super Bowl while he was with the Saints, but that's still more than a lot of coaches out there. A that lot is of coaches true. make it to the fucking dance and never fucking get a – never never walk out with a trophy. That and is a lot true. of coaches don't even get there their whole career. So to have to have one one Super Bowl ring, you know, his whole tenure there, you know, that just shows shows you how hard it is to play in the NFL, how hard it is to coach against all these great coaches in the NFL. You know, talent is you know, the the game's getting faster, you know, it seems like it's like every year. So it's like you know, it's hard to, to keep up with shit like that and coach against people that have seen seen you coach year in and year out. Yeah. So, you know. Now, another, yeah. another storyline, though, from tonight that they kept talking about was, is Tom Brady retiring? Like, have we watched his last game? Or is he going to change teams? I think – he is likely more likely to change teams than he is to retire, because you heard um, <laughs> you can hear like Aikman talking about that shit where he he would talk about oh we got a spot for him you know in the broadcasting booth and you know you can just wear a suit and all that shit and we can just talk football and all that you don't have to worry about fucking any OTAs or fucking practices every week, all this and that. Yeah. Or you can go out there and, you know, go for another chip for with another team. I don't know. He's still the greatest, you know, to, to ever play the game at the quarterback position. So, who knows? I he, mean, he, I, would, I would like to see him go with a different team. I'd like to see him jump back over to the AFC again and, and maybe take over the Raiders. You know, I feel like that. I feel like that's a pretty good destination for him to go to. Um, but as far as like what teams, the teams that need quarterbacks, aside from the Raiders, it would have to be Detroit. I would say Detroit. If he went to Detroit, they would be a Super Bowl team, like instantly. That's probably the team with the most talent. But Detroit, for the most part, is pretty committed to to golf. They probably don't want to, you know, they probably don't want Brady to come in there for, because, you know, you're only going to get him for what, maybe one, two, I mean, three years max, if you're you're being optimistic. That's, but I would like to see him switch it up because I do think the Bucs are kind of done. I mean, they're not, I don't know, they're not really good. Uh, the coach Bowles is conservative as shit. Brady tends to be more aggressive, going for fourth downs, going deep all the time, and I just feel like that team is a little stale. He should probably change teams if he wants to win again. Every time I watch a Tampa Bay game, I always wonder, like, what is what does Todd Bowles actually do? Because if you look at, like, the camera pans over to him many times, and you never see him really talking to anybody. You never see him fucking, you know, talking to any of the players. He doesn't have a, a one of those pamphlets in his hand with the plays on it. He's not talking. Like, he just stands there. He's standing there, have that same look on his face. So you don't think he I'm does just, shit. <laughs> and I'm just, I look at it, I'm like, what the fuck is this guy doing? Like, does he do anything? <laughs> you you know Leftwich is out there. He's fucking calm plays for the offense. And as far as the defense goes, they look vanilla as shit. Like, what do you what do you actually do? Yeah. I'm surprised. You know, I wouldn't be surprised if they let Todd Bowles go. But but yeah, it, I, I don't know. I can definitely see Tom Brady either going to the Raiders because I know I've seen it several times where Dana White would be talking about how the deal for Tom Brady to go to the Raiders was almost set in stone, and then they decided to switch it up. <laughs> that would have been but, crazy. 
But yeah, for them to, you know, Derek Carr already said goodbye to Raider Nation. So yeah, especially if Devontae stays there, they they got a running game. It's not like you know they talk about not like on like Tampa Bay where they talk about oh yeah Leonard Fournette is a veteran yeah but he is he any good? It's not like he's nothing right. like back when Tampa Bay had Legarrette Blunt. Now that motherfucker was making plays. I have yet to see like. Realistically, who's got Legarrette Blunt? Who had Legarrette Blunt on their fantasy team? Realistically, <laughs> yeah. like that team was just garbage, and you saw it. You've seen it tonight. Like even like several games I've watched of Tampa Bay, you just see that like they the offensive line ain't shit. And when you have a quarterback like Tom Brady, you need an offensive line. Yeah, and I mean, he's not going to take it. It's not going to be a huge cap hit. You know, you can get you can get Brady at a discount. Considering what you're getting, you can definitely get Brady at a discount. So for a team like the Raiders, um, even the Commies, like if Washington, I don't think he'll come to the Commies because they're just a dysfunctional franchise. And not to say that the, the Raiders aren't dysfunctional too, but the Raiders, you're at least – giving him Devontae Adams and an offense that's pretty good. You know, you add a couple of pieces on defense and decide what you're going to do with Jacobs because I believe this is a contract year for Jacobs. I do think the Raiders is a good step for him. And as far as that division goes, I mean, yeah, you have the Chiefs, you have the Broncos and the Chargers, but none of those teams really have a scary-ass defense that you have to worry about. It's not like... Yeah, they have offenses that are great, but their defense, the defenses in that divisional, they're not really that good. So I, I would take the Raiders if I was him, either the Raiders or the Fox announcing booth. <laughs> that's, I mean, that's what it would be. That's the decision that it would be for me. I think he can still play, though. You watch him in the game tonight, okay. and yeah, he missed. He did miss some throws. But at the same time, that was because he had defenders in his face because nobody in Tampa blocks for shit. So you give you put him on a team with a with a playmaker like Devontae Adams, fix up a line around him, and I, I definitely think he has two more years in him. Could you imagine him on the Vikings? That would be insane. <laughs> that would be insane. You mentioned the Lions. I was like, yeah, what about the Vikings? Like, if, yeah. if owners, which a lot of owners, I feel like, kind of crack under that 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 pressure from the fans. Like, a lot of the, the Viking fans were, were pointing the finger at Kirk Cousins for throwing that ball a three-yard pass to Hawkinson when you had to get eight. So, you know... You imagine Tom Brady on that team with the talent that's there. Like, yeah, no, that's a, that's a good team too. I just with the Vikings, I just really worry about their defense. I mean, they don't really have they don't really have the pieces that the that the Lions have. I mean, the Lions have arguably the defensive rookie of the year and uh and Hutchison and so they they're going in a direction where they have a really good defense. The Vikings are still a I don't know. They're still behind in that in that category, but either of those two teams would be great. Would be crazy because I mean, if you went to the Vikings, Jefferson would probably have the best season he's ever had. Yeah, <laughs> it, it would be insane. Another, it would be like an, and I could probably see it like being another like Randy Moss. Right. Brady. That would be, yeah, and exactly. Just like he just tosses it up and right. Up there, fucking. That would be, that would be insane. He would break a receiving record, the receiving record that he owns. He'd he'd break it. (laughs) Yeah, it definitely wouldn't even be fair. But yeah, but yeah, it's gonna be interesting. I feel like those are probably the wild card names because Rogers. I know there's rumors that Rogers is gonna leave, but if we're being honest, Rogers most likely gonna be on the Packers next year. But. Uh, Brady and Lamar Jackson are probably the biggest names I think in the offseason. It could possibly they could possibly move. Those two are are up there for sure. 
Yeah, I'm curious about what the Ravens want to do with Lamar. What Lamar wants to do, I don't know. He did put out a, I guess, a tweet or or message to the fans earlier in the week or over the weekend where he said he wasn't a hundred percent. And yeah, I guess his knee's still flaring up. It's kind of like no shit, it's still fucking flaring up. And you're, you're not playing, obviously. But Your you know, still it was up. right, and it was interesting to see what RG three talking about it. Because if you think about it, RG3, which, again, going back to the Washington dysfunctional franchise, if if RG3 would have sat out against Seattle that rookie year where he was rookie of the year, his best year, if he would have sat out, he wouldn't have re-aggravated that injury and, and then been a shell of himself the rest of his career. So when he tweeted that Lamar did the right thing, that's just further proof from someone that actually lived it and did the wrong thing. Uh, Lamar protected himself, did, decided not to do it, and, and I think in the end it's going to pay off for Lamar Jackson for sure because he will get paid. It's just a matter of where and when, but he, he's definitely going to get paid. There's no question about it. Now, is it going to crack that 300 mark like he wants? I mean, it depends. I don't, I don't think he'll do it on the Ravens, but I definitely think uh, – I mean, I, I definitely think if he ends up on another team, he'll get whatever he wants. He should. I mean, I don't necessarily – I wouldn't put him ahead of Mahomes or or Josh Allen, but ahead of Kyler Murray and ahead of Deshaun Watson, I definitely. He should definitely be ahead of them, and he should be in that Mahomes-Josh Allen range. Like, he should definitely be in their stratosphere as far as uh, salary. <sighs> Imagine imagine the Ravens trading for Kyler Murray and shipping Lamar over there. <laughs> that would be crazy. And then just being like, yeah, we'll pick up that contract. <laughs> like, that would yeah, be like, insane. But that would mean the Ravens would have to pay, pay Kyler, which isn't going to fucking happen. Like, I don't know. At least Lamar doesn't have fucking – you know, fights with his teammates and shit. So, I don't know. We'll see. But we do have an interesting divisional round of the playoffs. Like I said, we, we did go over the Jags-Chiefs, which, yeah, I think that's guaranteed. Chiefs, I'm still up in the air about the Giants and Eagles. I guess you're saying Eagles 100%? Yeah, 100%. 100%. It's going to be Cowboys-Eagles in the in the championship game. Oh, don't don't get ahead of yourself. <laughs> that would be that would don't be nuts. And then you got Bengals, Bills. Uh, I mean, hopefully they can finish this game. I got Bengals winning that. If it's anything like the game that they started, <laughs> I got the Bengals taking that. Hopefully, but, it's not like the game that they played last. But yeah, hopefully they get through this game and. Hey, it should – the Bengals should get love even though it's not a neutral site. And I, I think the Bengals could pull it out. But the league is fixing this shit for the Bills. The Bills are most likely going to win the Super Bowl because they got the sympathy vote and the sympathy from the league and the fans. So this shit's going to be rigged up for them. A fairy tale ending for the Bills. Yeah, because, I mean, the Super Bowl is probably going to be Niners, Bengals. And then, yeah, Niners going to get that sixth ring. Do you think the Bengals are going back to back? Crazy. Yeah, they're losing back to back. <laughs> that would be nuts. That would be nuts. <laughs> because yeah. Dallas definitely ain't getting out of this round. I definitely I can't see it. I can't see Dallas getting out of this round. There's no fucking way. But we'll oh God. I hate I just hate that, that I gotta wait. <laughs> I gotta wait all the way. <laughs> gotta wait almost a full week to see that game. Yeah, all the way till you know, Sunday, six thirty. Yeah, it's gonna be crazy. But thank everyone. Thank you everyone for tuning in. We'll talk to you guys a little bit more before this uh, divisional round takes off. To talk but, more yeah. shit. Yeah, to talk more shit. Until then. Kiss your grandma. Good night. <laughs> here you, here you go. Everyone, keep uh, 
Keep your favorite per, uh, players in your in your prayers. Stay. <laughs> to ward off the neutral site game. But <laughs> yeah, that's but um, yeah, check us out on IG, Taught the Wide Podcast on IG. Leave comments, questions, reviews there, or email us at TaughtTheWidePodcast at gmail.com. But yeah, we'll see you guys just before the divisional round. Till next time. Peace, motherfuckers. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah.